Previously on Quantum Kickflip. They said that any recall notices from Kindred had better get lost in delivery. Trevor, what have you gotten yourself mixed up in? Flying sort of in the same direction is a drone. You can tell that it is an operablum make. You can tell that it has recording equipment. And before you can do anything further, it explodes. Hello, Walton. I'm calling to check in. See, you haven't been spending as much time with your friends lately, and the promises you make to your friends are important. Three figures have descended on you and Sequence. You see this person drawing blood from Sequence. Brinley, you don't know what you've done. There's a log on that tablet. It's been unlocked. Files have been opened. There's a log of that. He's gonna know. Across the screens of every tower in Operablum, an ad begins to circulate. The text reads, Have you seen Brinley Zerk? With a phone number along the bottom for the sword sliders. Hey everyone, I have to go. Please don't follow me. It's very dangerous. Don't trust Shimmer. Don't trust the Arborists. Take care of each other. With the hero of Lansdon gone, the residents of the towers collectively hold their breath as the future of Operablum hangs by a thread. Welcome back to another episode of Quantum Kickflip, a Slug Blaster actual play podcast. My name is Lena. I am your host and your Slugmaster. And with me are some of my best and funniest friends in the whole world who are going to introduce themselves to you now. As you introduce yourselves, players, I want to know, what is your character's guilty pleasure? Hello, I'm Liam. I play Helix Pinnacle, the smarts playbook with the hardlight board. And I think his guilty pleasure is kind of like a weird snack um, mm-hmm. that you kind of maybe, you know, you have those snacks that not only is it a little bit strange, but more the way you eat it is strange, like eating peanut butter directly out of the jar or like frosting directly out of the jar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he's got a couple of those, but it's it's just the like nutrient paste that everyone in <laughs> web is served. You can like add little flavor shots to it. Uh, and he's got like a weird combination where he adds operablin pineapple to like a protein paste uh, and anyone who knows you know the protein paste settings knows that that's a really gross weird combination especially because he doesn't put it into a pouch he just like suckles it right out of the tube um, <laughs> and uh yeah so like middle of the night he'll wake up and, and suckle some pineapple protein tube uh and you know if anyone saw him he'd, he'd have some explaining to do absolutely nobody say pineapple protein tube five times fast <laughs> Hi, my name is Michael Vetch, and I'm here playing Walton Wick, the chill playbook with the robot companion. Uh, and I think for Walt, I don't know if this counts as like a guilty pleasure, but it's a thing he likes to do. Uh, he'll just like go to a movie theater and say like, I'd like one ticket to surprise me. Just like he'll go and see whatever. He doesn't know what he's going to see, but he'll go to a movie alone and like Kindred brings in movies from all kinds of dimensions it's you never know what you're gonna see <laughs> that feels like such a chill playbook move <laughs> to be like too. one ticket to whatever man hello my name is david ray and i play uh trev four the heart playbook and he has the hyper optic visor and i think trev four's uh you know guilty pleasure is that he doesn't have to go, go to a physical computer to do it it's all being written and put into a, a part of his hard drive sectioned off so nobody can ever read it 
but he writes some um, uh, Three's Company fanfic. He does. Yes. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Try to scan it over and like all these wacky situations and everything like that. And it, and there's been times where he's tried to put it up onto you know some sort of uh, net group or whatever to, but it gets scanned for like, oh, this was made by an AI. This is made by an AI, <laughs> and so they, he's not allowed to post it weirdly. Yeah. yeah. So he's like. Okay, but he has the, you know, seasons 7, 8, 9, and 10 all written out uh, in, in, a, in a file. Who's his ship? Who does he? <laughs> who's his OTP? I'm assuming all three. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they call the show that. <laughs> hey, I'm Robin. I play Maybelline Zandross, the grit playbook with the photonic jacket. And the obvious one for Maeve is uh, she likes all sorts of, uh, you know, greasy cheeseburgers, pepperoni pizzas, anything with meat on it, uh, which is, is a big no in the Arborist Temple. And I think she is starting to, where, where that might not have been a guilty pleasure before, she's, she's starting to feel a little more conflicted about it than she used to as she grows more in line with the Arborist Temple. But uh, Liam already did a food one, so instead I'm going to say uh, Maeve is the type to like present herself as having really cool and interesting musical taste, um, but she really just uh, is is into tempo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to the, yes. the latest pop hit. She she pretends she's like, oh yeah, I'm really into um uh, Paula the Ape Woman from Null. Like uh, that's that's totally my jam. Um, but then if you actually catch her working out, uh, she's got her headphones on and and softly singing to herself. Don't you want to know? I'm tempo. Do 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 do. Very good. Uh, and as I mentioned, my name is Lena. I am your host and your slugmaster, and I take a lot of pleasure in recording these podcasts. And if that's a guilty pleasure, lock me up. <laughs> <laughs> Plead guilty. guilty to having a nice time with my friends. Yeah, <laughs> take that, cops. Uh, speaking of guilt. Uh, things really went down last session, and we're going to explore the ramifications of that. Let's play some Slug Blaster! Cycles of shifts come and go. Each member of Gold Star Disaster in turn is questioned by authorities and each of you answers truthfully that you don't know anything. No evidence points to collusion with Brinley, and so you are declared free to go. Though you can't shake the feeling, perhaps not unfamiliar, but stronger than ever, that you are being watched. The public incrimination of Brinley Zerk and the dissolution of Post Host has a ripple effect that disrupts communication across all three towers. Passwords are spontaneously reset, sent messages get caught in a holding pattern of never being delivered, and phone calls glitch out unless the tower code exactly matches that of the caller. If anyone in Gold Star Disaster attempts to access your private NexoChat room, you realize that you can't. The data for it has been reset, and to get back in, you need an access code from the creator of the room. Then, one shift, each of you gets an invitation. A digital version is sent to Gold Star Disaster's social media account, and a physical copy finds its way to your home. It reads, To the esteemed members of Gold Star Disaster, the pleasure of your company is kindly requested by the Board of Kindred Multiversal, the Council of Lansden Enterprise, and Web Corporation to attend the Operablum Fellowship Function. This event is an historic assembly of the most notable figures of Operablum and beyond, and will take place aboard the jewel of the Kindred Cruise Line fleet. 
the Multiversal Odyssey. Enjoy daring adventure, ultimate relaxation, culinary bounties, and much more in harmony with the elites of all three Operablen Towers. Kindly see below for pickup instructions for your respective tower. Formal dress is required for the opening gala. Is there anything any of you wants to do to prepare for this event? Uh, Maeve will go to her closet in the Arborist Temple after after looking at this, and, and she opens it up. I think it's a pretty modest closet. Maeve isn't a big, like, fancy clothes fashion person. Um, so it's a lot of, like, very nondescript sort of durable clothing because uh, she kind of just wears the arborist robe all the time. Yeah. That's like the thing is her arborist uh, jacket robe thingy. Uh, and so she opens up her closet and kind of squints looking for any uh, anything that could qualify as formal wear. Uh, and her eyes land on a pair of Desneen sharkskin pants <laughs> and a, a phoenix <laughs> feather coat. Yeah. Um, and is like she, she sighs and pulls the hanger out of the closet. Nice. <laughs> I think on the note of dress wear, Walt has changed out of his normal black pants and that one blazer that he wore to the party to a distinct black suit, which looks identical, but it is a matched set as opposed to a blazer and separate pants. Oh yeah, and that's huge. So important that the mm. jacket and the pants match. Oh, yeah. You could tell they have the exact same <laughs> hex code and sheen to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's also uh, really cranked up the stiffness setting on his uh, floating tie so that it, it moves around less. The stiff ties are in. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting you bring up color and like like the hex code for your black. Uh Lenny, you said that like even though this is a kindred cruise ship, it's all towers are sort of present, like the upper echelon of society. Yes. Then uh I think Helix is gonna dress in what would be Webb's most formal attire. Mm-hmm. Uh and he is going to wear a black jumpsuit. Uh, but not just any black jumpsuit, like a Fanta black jumpsuit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vanta black, I think I just said Fanta. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's called Fanta Yeah, you know Black. what I mean? It's called yeah, Fanta yeah. Black. Um, <laughs> and it's the blackest uh, black you can, it, it like literally no light can be absorbed by it. It's the blackest jumpsuit you can wear. Uh, and I think he's even going to uh, shave his head, oh. uh, which is the the sort of web equivalent of like a very finely, finely done hair, uh, is to shave it with leaving very deliberate straight lines uh, throughout uh, as if uh, to sort of ape the style of the slime tubes that run through web um and it it i don't know what it exactly looks like but it has something to do to sort of represent what floor he's from and what organization what branch of the organization he is part of um and so almost like a barcode he's already got one barcode in his head but he literally shaves like a social status barcode into his head and his side part hair is gone and now he is symmetrical because he all of his hair is gone Mm-hmm. Dang, I love that. Yeah. Trev Ford decides to go into one of the body shops to work on, you know, going to make himself look good. And he's going to get one of those chroma flare paint jobs, you know, where those cars that have like the two colors, depending on what angle of the sun you oh. look at. So it's like it's he's fully gold, but also then there's like red from Kindred. And so like depending on how you look at him, he looks pretty sharp. And then also he's uh, remodeled the, the glass that it's on his face. Uh, got that to be like a, a shiny metal. Like it looks like it's silvery and everything like that. He's still able to see through it. Mm-hmm. And you can still see the uh, digitized face on it. But it's just like he's very shiny. Damn. And he did get a ticket because it did get uh, like reflect light into like a uh, security guard's <laughs> eyes. Yeah, like, this yeah. is too much. You need to, you need to <laughs> get a matte finish on it. Like, well, but 
officer, I am very important. I'm going into that and points towards the big old ship and... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, oh, I'll let you off this time because you're going to that. Ah, thank you. It does help when I have status. It sure does. And there is one more thing that needs to happen for you to prepare for this trip. Helix, can I get a d6 roll, please? Try and roll a three or higher. Ooh. A five will do. A five Ooh. will do. Rolling five and feeling fine. Your work as a variable of the Pinnacle Project continues, but you will not be afflicted by a slam for this run. Your slam count goes up to three. Next time, if you roll a one, two, or three... You get a slam. Not even worried about it. All right. <laughs> well, that's fine then. <laughs> your pickup instructions give you special access to a higher floor of your tower. You're taken to a space that might resemble an airport to us players. There are chairs to wait on, shops and restaurants, and gates. This area is against an outer wall of your tower, facing the inner triangle. As such, the light from neon advertisements on neighboring towers pours into the room. The Odyssey arrives, and you line up to board through a gate. What you witness is a huge hovercraft, its entire bottom side pulsating with invisible grav repulsion slush collectors. It twinkles with multicolored lights shining through its multitude of windows, through which you think you can see trees, ice sculptures, and maybe a roller coaster. The top side is hard to see from this angle, but you definitely see a water slide poking out and winding around. You board the Multiversal Odyssey, and as soon as you do, you're swept along by an immaculately uniformed robot into a whirlwind of introductions. In the span of minutes, you meet important people from all three towers. Kindred executives with powerfully colorful suits and asymmetrical dyed haircuts, Lansden foremen in durable clothes with wrinkles around their eyes and calluses on their hands, and web officials whose metallic-toned clothes look like they were vacuum-sealed to their bodies. You were then taken through the gala hall on a cursory tour of this floor of the Odyssey. The robot proudly rattled off a litany of amenities that promptly shoved the names of the executives you should remember out of your head, showing off one breathtaking neon lit room after another. On your tour, you are waved down by someone. None other than Gigi, your kindred correspondent for your run to Vestiche. You find yourself sitting with Gigi in a spa, complete with a 25-foot waterfall spilling into an oasis, a living wall of jewel-toned moss, and hyper-revitalization pods. An attendant is presently rubbing a crystal against Gigi's fingernails, stimulating them to grow longer and pointier. <laughs> <laughs> Do you opt for a spa treatment, Maeve? Yeah, I think uh, Maeve, you know, appreciates a good manicure as much as the next uh, person with four hands. Um, so yeah, I think she gets in on that. And uh, yeah, I, while we're talking, while she's talking to Gigi, I think she, she partakes of this as well. She doesn't want the long and pointy nails. Um, Cause that's impractical when you're mm -hmm. slug blasting. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe uh, something to match 
uh she she sort of talks to the manicurist and kind of opens up her she's wearing the same arborist robe as always um but kind of opens it up and and like reveals what she's wearing underneath and is like something to, something to go with this maybe like the, the colors that coordinate a little uh the attendant nods and starts uh uh doing one color for your upper arms yeah. and then another color for a lower arms that when it looked you know when you put it all together it looks like this like light to dark gradient Ooh, cool yeah uh, and Gigi's like uh, making some small talk with you as you're uh, getting your nails done. And she's like, I I rely so much on my rituals when it comes to important events like these. I mean, with, with the opening ceremonies coming up, I need to feel like a new woman. Nails, hair, makeup, cheekbones, it all needs to change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I know what you mean. Cheekbones? N- never mind. L- listen, Gigi, I... I I appreciate the spa day. This is uh this is all very gridge, but what exactly did you weigh me down for? Well, I was uh hoping that I would get a chance to talk with one of the arborists before the opening ceremonies, and you're the first one I happen to catch. They're so elusive, these arborists. Oh, I'm not here representing I like I'd get in a lot of trouble if I was to I, I I'm here for Gold Star Disaster. This is not a uh, I'm not here for the arborists. Oh, but you are with the arborists, right? Because there are arborists present in this fellowship function. I mean, I guess I am I am an arborist, but I'm not should I have a lawyer here? I, f- I feel is it hot in here? Are we, uh. <laughs> you have nothing to worry about, Maybelline. If you could just pass on a message for me, that would be perfectly fine. And I don't have to say anything on record or otherwise. I, that should be fine then. Yeah, Maeve, yeah. What's the Maeve, message? Maeve, we're friends here. Right. Friends. You see, we're really hoping that we can maybe get the arborists over to Kindred. It's high time that they took up residence in more than one tower, don't you think? I, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, the arborists are all about, you know, multiversal harmony, and and it stands to reason that if they lack when all the dimensions are in harmony, they'd, they'd probably want the towers to be in harmony, too. So, uh, yeah, no, that, that makes sense, I think. Of course it does. It makes perfect sense. So you just want me to pass that on to the forester or yes please we have a space ready and everything all they need to do is sign a lease uh well gridge i'll uh, i'll let the warden uh, i'll let tarment know thank you so much oh this is going to be just such a wonderful way to really represent the towers coming together i think and Maeve just kind of gives Gigi some side eye and is like yeah th- this will be real gridge I'm feeling really good about the opening ceremonies and about this event overall. I I think it's not really going to be a as sticky of a situation as it was last time. Wait, there was a last time this has happened before? Sorry, I'm I'm new to all of this politics stuff. I'm I'm frankly pretty new to your dimension. So, what is happening? Walton. Mhm. On your tour, you were waved down by someone. A man and a woman, clearly from Lansden. The woman has her hair pulled away from her heart-shaped face, bundled into twin buns, and covered with a bejeweled hairnet. She is wearing a green jumpsuit with polished black boots. The sleeves and pant legs of the man's polyester attire tear away. Currently, he has them configured for a long-sleeved shirt and shorts. These are Helgena Plimsby and Jambrin Branson, President (laughs) and Vice President of the Lansden Council. Helgena and Jambrin are currently sitting on the edge of one of the many pools, Jambrin dangling his feet in the pink water. This pool is more like a neon river drifting in a wide loop, 
and at one point in a literal loop-de-loop around the room. Nobody's opening ceremonies. Who needs it? Who needs it? Opening you're right. Yeah, you're you're so right, Jamrin. These opening ceremonies just feel. The only ceremony you need is a handshake and a two percent increase in your tax contributions to Lansden. Wouldn't you agree? I can't say I know what taxes I pay. What? How can you not know what taxes you pay? It's a huge honor to pay taxes to your tower. I know exactly how much taxes I pay. It is thirty-seven percent. Um, and I am hoping for 40 this next quarter. I'm sure my, my folks do pay a percentile amount of their earnings to the tower. I um, don't have an income per se. Kendrick, Kendrick, Kendrick goes. It's okay, Sorry. Jambrin, Jambrin, relax. Sorry, folks, I didn't mean to interrupt your grumblings. I was told that there would be a Daibokin pool somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, there there is the Daibokin pool, but that's two floors up and six rooms down. Oh, I went, see, I... But I no, 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 uh, like, we're, we're happy you're here, because actually we wanted to mention something, we wanted to, to talk to you, because you're one of the, you're one of the people, right, from the, from the crew, the, the Gold Star Calamity or something? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Gold, Gold Star Disaster, yeah. Gold Star I'm Disaster, of, Gold Star yeah, Disaster, yeah, right, yes, yeah. okay, great. And, and Gold Star Disaster, Gold Star Disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Robin gets it. Right. And, and you two folks are from Lansden? Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're from Lansden. Uh, uh, Helgena Plimsby, and she holds her hand out. Help, oh no, hold out her fist. <laughs> help, 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 pl- plim, pl- prim, Hel- call, hel- call me Helgena. Help, help. Hel- Are you gonna leave me hanging? Hel- uh, sorry, uh, ma'am. Uh, and, pu- and, and 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 she gives you a powerful fist bump. Oh, <laughs> oh. wow. Uh, I'm the president of the Lansden Council, and. This is my vice president, Jambrin Branson. Jambrin! Uh, uh, sir, sir. Equally uh, powerful fist oh, bump. God, it was my other hand. <laughs> yeah, oh. both of your hands are just, like, kind of achy now. Oh, wow. The knuckle strength. <laughs> but we wanted to talk to you because... I don't, I don't know if you know much about the guest list, but... I mean, of course, we're here as president and vice president of Lansden, and you're here as a gold star disaster. And uh, also, Mr. Wilkie is here. Wilkie? Ca- yeah. Ca- Candyman. Uh, yeah, Candyman. Candyman, Candyman! <laughs> Candyman. So um, this feels like a really good chance for, you know, Lansden to make sure that things are good, because the way that things have sort of been going down lately, I mean, it was your crewmate who helped bring Wilkies and Lansden together, and then it was your crewmate who, you know, had all those um, illicit criminal uh, dealings. Uh, yeah, um, sorry, I, I'm i sorry I didn't recognize the, the two of you as being so, such important higher-ups uh, um, there before. Uh, I'll, should I bow for you or something? I, I'm not No, 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 we already fist bumped. We already fist bumped. That's, that's all it takes? That's a, Yeah. What, do, okay. what more do you need? Well, no, I, I don't need anything. I just Dude, I, I should wasn't... we bow to you? Is no, that a thing that no, can... no, 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 absolutely. I just into a skirt. No, no, that's okay. It's okay. Uh, pull, pull skirts. You're, you're fine without. I would turn into a skirt anyway. Oh, okay. Uh, sure thing, Mister Jimsman. Uh, Jamrin starts Bra- reassembling Bramsman. his the snaps of his uh, bottoms and turning them into a skirt. <laughs> mm, breezy. <laughs> and... Helgena says, so what I wanted to ask was, oh, oh, I think that's another one of you. Hello, are, are you? And uh, Helix, 
you are currently on your tour with uh, this guide robot, uh, looking at all of the many uh, features of the multiversal odyssey. And then you see uh, a woman waving you down with a man and Waltz. Yeah, and I think in in sort of hearing Helix's name and, and being waved down, he jumps uh, upon hearing this, like fully freaked out uh, because he is very much on edge between all of the you know, the feeling of being watched that you mentioned early on, like we're, mm-hmm. we're off scot-free mm-hmm. for the Brindley thing, but yet we feel very much observed. Uh, he also just got jumped, him in sequence, by random people who wanted to take his DNA uh, during the last run. So he is very skittish. He's very, like any anyone giving him side eye, anyone coming up to him through his blind spot. And this uh, this shout of his name fully spooks him. He jumps like a foot in the air. Uh, and is only calmed down by seeing uh, Walt, who very excited to see because we haven't seen Walt in in quite a while. And <sighs> take a breath, Elix. Danger lurks around every corner, but you can't let him see you sweat. Uh, <laughs> and then and then struts over uh, to Walt and these two individuals. Walt visibly sweating. Helix! Oh, <laughs> thank goodness you're here. I didn't know what to say. I mean, I didn't know if any of the rest of you would be here. Yes, that's why I'm here as well. I I got the letter. It summoned Gold Star Disaster. So I thought it was a good opportunity to reconnect, not just with Maeve and Trev, but you mostly. We haven't haven't seen you in a while, pal. Yeah, it's been been a bit, I guess. I I like the haircut. Oh, uh, thank you. And he like runs his hand over his bristle. (laughs) I I level up that Daibokin? In certain ways, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Um, these these are uh, very, very important folks from uh, Lansden. Uh, you, you can fist bump them. I mean, uh, they're happy to get a fist bump from you. Oh, uh, salutations. Helix Pinnacle. Uh, Helgena Plimsby. Powerful fist bump. Jeremy Brunch. Uh, both of them very powerful, but he can take it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> He's the perfect operator, yeah. uh, et cetera. But yes, we, we had a favor that we were hoping to ask uh, a gold star disaster. And I mean, the more who can hear it here, the better, right? Um, so, um, Mr. Wilkie, he is here uh, on this, on the Odyssey. He's been invited as a guest. And uh, we want to make sure that things are still good between Lansden and uh, Wilkie's Candy Lab. Uh, we're starting to worry that they might be thinking of uh, pulling their business out of Lansden on account of, uh, I guess, the unpleasantness that has been going on lately. Um, do you think you could put in a good word for us? We we can try, but uh, sure. Uh, we not, none of us directly were met with there. Yeah, we, um, we were engaged otherwise with the the, the factory workers. Actually, um. <laughs> yeah, we were not in his presence. We have we have yet to meet him. Oh, but you were in that. That press conference that, I mean, all of you were there, and it seemed like a thing you all kind of did. We all had a hand in it, but it was our former colleague who uh, had the pleasure of meeting Mr. Wilkie face-to-face. Please, please, we really, really can't afford to lose doing business with Wilkie. It's really brought Lansden up, and it's really hard that, that she was the one who talked with him, because I think... The fact that she's gone means that he might go too, and we really can't afford that kind of blow. We can try our best, but and he shrugs. That's all you can do. This guy gets it. Yeah, Jansen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Whatever you can do, really, it we really, really appreciate it. 
We'll do our best. All right. Oh, okay. We better get ready for the opening ceremonies. It's going to be a sham. Sham. Last time. No, no, no. It's not going to be sham. Sh- Sham's be- here? Sham. 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 Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know anyone named Sham. Uh, sorry, Jambrin was talking about there was just something that happened, and um, I, I guess we're both a little on edge after that. But, but uh, you know, I'm I'm optimistic. We'll see. We'll see. Can you elaborate on what happened last time, please? Trap four. <laughs> <laughs> on your tour, you were waved down by someone. Hmm. A large man with slicked back hair, a wispy brown mustache, and a cigar clamped between his teeth. He is wearing a suit, though it is far too understated to be kindred issue. Not enough stripes or ties, so you assume him to be from Web Tower. He introduced himself to you as Jericho Zebulak, the COO of Web Corporation. The two of you are currently in a bar where smoking is allowed, though your air purity sensors are picking up no anomaly. You do, however, notice a smoke-scented perfume is being diffused into the air to add to the vibe. Something about this conversation feels strangely familiar, although even with your ice chip, you have no recollection of meeting this man. You can't help feeling like there's something you're meant to give him, and you feel like it's unfair. He has so much already. What is he even doing to help people with all that he has? You're one of them gold star disasters, aren't you? It is indeed true that I'm a part of the slug blasting crew known as Gold Star Disaster. It done a lot of good work for the towers. A lot of good work. It's we're seeing them all coming together. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you very much. I appreciate putting in good work and for it to be recognized. Oh, well, consider your good work recognized. If I had a gold star. <laughs> and Trevor obediently just like sees that like he uh, this guy's covered in like probably there's got to be, like, it's a nice suit to a degree, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, it, like, there's something, like, Trevor's, like, little motors in his fingers just kind of, like, but he eventually puts it on to, like, recognize the nice compliment. But it's, like, there is, a, like, a weird resistance. Ah, there you go. Right back at you. And he peels it immediately off of his suit and just, like, puts it on what he perceives to be your nose. But now you have this, like, little weird blip <laughs> right in the center yeah. of your visual receptors. <laughs> ah, s- s- thank you. But Trev Forge like tries to like <laughs> tries to get it off, but it's hard because he doesn't want to scratch the plating or whatever. So uh, uh, it's like so close to his visual receptor is like trying to get something on your own nose. That like did did I get it? I can't actually see that close to my own face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just like that, uh, there's that visual thing uh, right there. He can't quite see around it, but it, he, he starts you know looking around. He's got 360 vision, so he's yeah, trying yeah. to like look around as he continues so the conversation. So it's one blip at one angle that you're like, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, the towers, they're all learning from each other, right? We share with each other. And uh, Webb learned that we need guidance. Guidance from other towers, from other dimensions, to adapt to our own dimension. And uh, boy, the thing that would really help is knowing more about portal zones. You know about portal zones? Indeed, I do know much about portal zones. I've had to upload information so I could better navigate the multiverse. Oh, that's great. That's amazing. Uh, maybe with uh, some of your knowledge, you know, sharing some of your stuff, but uh, I hear there's a, a rig on the Odyssey, and 
interdimensional VR rig. And I'm sure there's a lot of information that's got to be put into that rig so that you can see into other dimensions, right? For the purposes of this vehicle, that would make sense. But uh, I am unaware of where it would be. Maybe you could take a look. See what you can find. Right. And you want me to give you information? Yeah, in the spirit of uh, collaboration and uh, (laughs) sharing and learning. Indeed. And this collaboration, it will be for the betterment of all the towers? Oh, yeah, of course. What, What else, right? What else would it be? But specifically for the workers in the towers, the ones that generate the power and uh, wealth for the towers. Right, right. Because it seems that whenever there is a promise that there are big profits that come through, they never make it down to the workers. Really? I thought it was supposed to, like, trickle. (laughs) You would think that things would trickle down, but it doesn't seem to do that. It seems like there is some sort of reversed... Gravity on the economy, where things tend to trickle up. It does not make sense. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't it seems make sense. unnatural. Why would it trickle up? What? It's like a reverse. It, it's a mystery that a robot mind cannot figure out. But uh, in the meantime, I think I would be interested in find, uh, finding this VR rig. That'd be just fantastic. I'm sure there's a lot to learn from a rig like that. And Trevor, like, still hasn't found anything to clear his visor. And if you'll excuse me, I must start looking for this. And uh, he turns and leaves, and he's got this thing in front of him, and he's start trying to like get it off, and like his perceptors, like he's like trying to avoid things that are not there because he this thing's throwing off the dip, uh, like the depth or whatever <laughs> and he winds up bumping into people like one <laughs> after another putting a traffic <laughs> cone on the hood of a Tesla <laughs> yeah, that's right it's like, it's like <laughs> bouncing I got nothing I got nothing <laughs> Uh, uh, a waiter approaches you uh, with uh, a, a squeegee and a little crystal pail and is <laughs> like uh, uh, polish your visor sir <laughs> Indeed, that would be much appreciated. And it's like uh, immaculate, crystal clear. The sticker has washed off. Incredible. And then I give this uh, individual uh, a star. This is against my uniform regulation. This is against my uniform regulation. Uh, Cure yourself, squeegee. <laughs> Jericho walks up and, and puts an arm around you, and he says, Hey, you can find the VR rig in good time. We gotta go. The opening ceremonies are gonna happen any minute now. This is gonna be a big event for all the towers, and, you know, hopefully everyone else will come through, and things won't go down like they did last time. Ah, uh, yes. Last time. I do recall. You do not need to tell me at all. You recall last time? <laughs> and he was trying to do a bit, and do, do I? Jericho, his demeanor abruptly shifts. Oh no, my bit guy in a hand. way that's very concerning. Oh no, like he's been very like loose and friendly and casual, mm-hmm. and he like stops in his tracks and looks dead at you, and he looks so serious. Does Trevor actually know what nope. happened? Okay. <laughs> From before your memory wipes, yep. like, yeah, 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 when yeah, that's, yeah, that's all been erased. Okay, I was just joking. I just did not want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it 
might be good for you to know. Just to help make sure there's no uh, repeat instances. Hmm, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, Maeve, you hear this story from Gigi. Walt and Helix, you hear this story mostly from Helgena with uh, some uh, additions by Jambrin. And Trev, you hear this story from Jericho. Well, you see, quite a while ago, Kindred, Lanson, and Webb were all talking about a big partnership. Very exciting stuff. For once, it seemed like everyone was on the same page, and we were all going to do this shared project, the first of its kind in all of Operablum, and everyone was going to commit equal funding to this project. Think about it. Biggest moment of tower unity in the history of Operablum. Everyone in perfect harmony with each other. But then... It was so unfortunate. At the last moment, Lanston and Webb suddenly and unceremoniously decided to withdraw their funding for the project. Kendrick, Webb, dropped it, backed up. Kindred and Webb dropped their commitment and didn't fund the project. And at the last moment, Lansden and Kindred got cold feet and pulled their money. The results? Disastrous. Oh, things got quite tense, I must say. <laughs> Communication shut down for a little while. The skyways got closed again. Business deals that we had that weren't even related between the towers, they got dropped. Resources started to get scarce and people started to put more claim on what was theirs. My, my thing, my thing. Yeah, things even started to get a little bit uh, violent for a little while. It, uh, it really wasn't pretty. But with you and your crew, things started to take a turn for the better we started to notice that people from different towers actually could work together again. And it was all because of you. We couldn't ignore you. And it's not like we could have really stopped you either. You were sort of on your own path and the towers had no choice but to follow you. It was fascinating to watch. Fascinating. Fascinating. And, uh, fast forward and here we are, talking again on this, uh, fellowship function on this beautiful ship things are looking up and we might just pick up this big project once again as long as everyone's on board of course we cut forward gold star disaster you find yourselves in the main gala hall of the multiversal odyssey half of the room is plush carpet the other a marble dance floor on which sits a stage with an imposing wooden podium The room is an explosion of marble pillars, sparkling chandeliers, circular tables, and people in tower-specific formal attire. At the podium, the same robot who ushered you in now speaks. Welcome, distinguished guests, to the Multiversal Odyssey. It is an honor to have esteemed characters from Lansden Enterprise, Web Corporation, and Kindred Multiversal gathered in the same room. It is the profound wish of the organizers of this event that this moment will be the catalyst of many more moments of cooperation, fellowship, and peace to come. The room breaks out in polite applause. And now, 
to deliver opening remarks for the evening. I would like to invite to the stage a group that has represented a microcosm of what Operablem could be. Please join me in welcoming the members of Gold Star Disaster. <laughs> Wait, Helix, did they did they brief you on a talk? No, they didn't brief me on a talk I wasn't either. Told about a talk? I'm not prepared to make a statement. Oh, oh, that's a bright spotlight. Oh, oh, geez, um, are, we, are these platforms under our feet moving us oh, towards oh, the stage? Oh, right. <laughs> um, uh. Applause throughout the whole room. Were any of you guys filled in on this? Maybelline, hi. I didn't know even know you were oh. here. Yeah, I think as as we're coming together, um, it like for a second is like, why is there a random woman being brought up on stage with the rest of Gold Star Disaster? Because for the first time in the entire time you know Maeve, she does not have her arborist jacket on. <gasps> Um, she is wearing the fancy clothes that Trev bought for her, uh, back on their Dibocon <laughs> convention run. Um, and I think the bit at that time was like, oh, they're very stylish clothes separately, but they don't go together at all. Yeah. Um, she has somehow found a way to make this work. She's like found accessories to go over the top that tie it in with the pants. She's got the manicure. Uh, and after her conversation with Gigi, she had someone see to her hair at the spa as well. Um, so she's got it. Uh, I feel like she usually has like tied back in a braid. Uh, she's got it up and it's doing all kinds of like, it's like a Mobius strip with several <laughs> twists in it. It's like sitting yes. up in an impossible geography on top of her head. Uh, and she's got a bunch that. of like bracelets and, uh, and necklaces that, that match similarly like Mobius strip twisty. Um, looks like a completely different person. Damn. I, I also like that uh, you and I are in black and you two are in like resplendent colors. Yeah. yeah. And we kind of pair up really neatly. Yeah. I'll pair up with Trev, of course. <laughs> uh, leaving you two to, to, to yeah. be, almost look like a, like a duo. Incredible. Three members of Gold Star Disaster are here. And a new person. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Trev, it's, it's me. You bought me this outfit. Maybelline. <laughs> I can't believe it. You look incredible. That is known as flirting. <laughs> <laughs> is that targeted at a wolf? You like looked directly at me, but nothing about the statement suggests it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This is an audio medium. We yeah, can all yeah, see you true. looking at Michael. Yeah. That was a Dave choice, not a Trev <laughs> choice. Maeve, for weirdly the second time, has the thought, is Trev hitting on me? <laughs> Uh, Trev, as you say, that is known as flirting. Uh, you hear it reverberate around the room and you realize that the mic has, <laughs> has kicked on uh, and all of you are sort of standing around this podium and everyone is looking at you expectantly. Uh, hello, everyone. H Helix had done the thing where he touches his nose to like dibs out and then hearing <laughs> you kind of go first like, oh, okay, thank God. <laughs> oh, so fantastic to see all you here, all of you here on the Multiversal Odyssey uh, it's really uh, an incredible chance for uh, the the four of us, uh, four of us to to be up here to speak to all of you. Uh, of course, we are the members of uh, Gold Star Disaster, and with that, Walt sort of like flashes uh, his lapel a bit, and he's got one of the old Gold Star stickers from Trev oh. plastered just over where you'd put like a little lapel pin or a boutonniere on his jacket. <gasps> um, it's really special for all of us to to be here for you uh, at an event that involves all three of the towers so distinctly and unanimously. Voxia, where are my lands tonight's at? <laughs> I think I want to roll to see how this speech goes over. Uh, we can make it a team roll because I want each of you to speak at least once. Walt started off, so I'm happy to be the one to roll it. 
Sure. And not distinctly because I don't have resources I can lend to other people. You know? it's, it's not because of that. It's not because I get a, a set bonus as the chill. Uh, I'm going to roll. I'm going to add a D6 by using Techno Babble. So whenever Helix talks, he's going to do the diplomatic equivalent of Techno Babble, but I'm adding a D6. So one from Helix and one from Techno Babble. Uh, I can't give you anything from my jacket because I'm not currently wearing it, um, but I'll give you a D6 from my grit. As evidenced in her opening offer there, I think Maeve's just like, Trying to keep the uh, the levity and the level headedness, like being very uh, informal and lighthearted, and trying to trying to keep the the team together on this on the same page. And then, of course, you know, Trevor is going to uh, try to you know invoke some good old teamwork propaganda. You know, nice. <laughs> so okay. that's sixty six. Gotcha. Yeah. So it starts off with two from Molt's Chill, added two from Helix, one from Maeve, one from Trevor for six d six total. There's a one, two, three, five, and two sixes. Two sixes. That is what we need. Um, Helix, you can mark a style for Techno Babble. Do I mark a style for Steezy? Because there were two sixes? Yep. Yep. Dang, okay. <laughs> and let's hear this speech. Ah, uh, yeah. Does Maeve get a response for uh, her, her Where My uh, Lanzanite's at? Polite applause. <laughs> oh, you guys can do better than that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like the the kind of applause where you really like cup your hands and like work it from your elbows, you start yeah. hearing more of that uh, applause. Yeah. Now, I kindred, you got you y'all think you can do better than that? Ah, and like it's kind of like what you would hear at like a pop concert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's what I expected. And uh, and hey, let's not forget about web. Where's my webs at? Synchronized clapping. Perfect unison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, spooky. All right. No respect though. Respect. Let's hear all those groups together now. Uh, it is a wild cacophony. <laughs> Varying tempo and intensity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we got a hit single on our hands here. This is great. <laughs> and while it's important to recognize each of our individual towers and the strong history and heritage each one has imbued on individual operablins, let's not forget that the key word here is that we are all Operablins. We are all made of flesh with a skeletal structure and the same <laughs> spine. We all bleed the same deeply cherry red blood. <laughs> we all breathe the same air. We all gag and cough when we breathe the toxic smog. We all work the same shifts. We all live on floors of the tower. So let us all, Operablins, cheer and clap together as one. And it's that same cacophony, but it's like a little more, like everyone's a little more in sync, everyone's a little more jubilant, and everyone's a little more loud. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love that. Indeed, there is no I in team. <laughs> because if you put an I in team, then it would not be spelled correctly. And like that, we must all come together to properly spell team. And when <laughs> that happens, that is known as teamwork. Especially loud applause from the robots in the room. <laughs> <laughs> like, this makes logical sense. <laughs> Again, we're so happy that we could be here as, I guess, keynote speakers in a way. We're glad that we could all be here on the stage at the same time to, to kick things off on this cruise. Uh, there's, I'm sure, a lot more fantastic stuff planned. We there's There's no agenda on this podium or anything, but I'm sure there's a lot more fantastic speaking you'll be hearing tonight. And so many wonderful amenities. I heard there's a Daibokin pool. If someone can point that out to me later, 
I'll meet you there. <laughs> Everyone, enjoy what you have to offer here on the Odyssey. The room erupts into jubilant applause. You have thoroughly won over this whole room. Enough that I think I'm going to give a plus one to each tower as a faction. Ooh, nice. uh, that's going to put Lansden at plus two, Kindred at plus two, and Webb at a neutral zero. As we're leaving the stage over the applause, Maeve is yelling back into the microphones, y'all got our rider, right? I want guacamole in the green room. <laughs> uh, the, the guide robots like, sort of like politely ushers you off to the side and then goes up to the podium and continues to speak. The opening ceremonies are proceeding, but they're in the background now. So, uh, uh, Golzug in the room, um, any any of y'all heard from Brinley or and Maeve kind of looks around and sees everyone's faces and, and Trev's display and, and reads uh, the room appropriately and is like, well, I, I guess now is as good a time as any. I, I was hoping that maybe she would have changed her mind, but I, I went down to the municipal park to, you know, check on the the thing that we have down there. The coil. The neck of friction coil. We know what you mean, mate. Please yeah. don't draw attention to us. This is trying to be covert, but it's also like it's been a lot of episodes since we talked about this. <laughs> um, and uh, there was a letter from her. Um, y'all can all I, I've got it with me. Y'all can read it later if you want. But sounds like sounds like Bryn's on the run and she's not looking for us to follow. And I don't know. Every everything in me is telling me that I ought to. But I don't want to go against what she'd want and I don't even understand what happened with all the news reports and stuff I, I I don't I can't make sense of any of it what what really went down can can I see the note I uh, Maeve uh gets it out of she's got like a little clutch or something and gets out and hands it to Walt I I had written up a letter and I I didn't know how best to send once I started seeing stuff across billboards in Kindred I I didn't expect to hear, hear more about her but oh wow you all read the note left to you by Brinley Zerk, telling you that she has to go, not to follow her, and to take care of each other. And it also tells you, don't trust Shimmer, don't trust the Arborists. Both of those last two missives are extremely alarming. I thought we had rapport with Shimmer, and if you can't trust the Arborists, if she can't trust the Arborists, I don't, I don't know who we can trust. Yeah, what do y'all think she meant by that? I mean, I... She doesn't mean my temple, does she? That's, you know, Charla and, and I, Tarman's a bit plogy, but he's not, not some kind of criminal or nothing. It's a multidimensional organization. Maybe it, maybe she means something more direct. Maybe it is like Thanispar or like it could be any of their branches or roots or however they define those things. She, she must have found something pretty significant if it was enough for her to go completely on the lam. It would make sense that Shimmer would be the group that maybe attacked my bot shop wait someone attacked your bot shop yes they told glenzo to make sure to never allow me to get an update that would not be something that the kindred corporation would demand that would have to be somebody else and it would match the criminal activities that shimmer does participate in i was wondering why repurposed robotics was closed when i walked by i went to see if i could find you but the Everything was taped up across the doors. That has to be more than just a coincidence, because I was also attacked while carrying out variable business with my associate sequence. Someone jumped us and, and took biological matter from my friend. Like her hair or something slightly more intrusive? Oh, God. 
And then he mimes. <laughs> oh, like a, he just mimes a needle. Well, I, I wasn't going to bring it up right away, but um, as long as we're talking about weird stuff that's been going down, I, I there was a drone following us in Calorium the other cycle. I, I don't... I, I tried to grab it and, and analyze, but it self-destructed before I could get a really good look. It looked operablen, though, from what I could tell. I mean, I don't think they make drones in Calorium. What the fucks have you guys been up to? I've just been hanging out with Brabley at an arcade. <laughs> <laughs> I think in this moment, Maeve actually takes in that they're, you know, all back together here, or at least almost all back together for the first time, and uh, sort of looks to Walt and is like, oh, hey, Walt, good to see you, by the way. How you been, man? And she just opens her arms up wide for a hug. Well, like, as Maeve had, like, opened her arms up to hug, he also kind of, like, had the initial response, but then he remembered having stumbled in on her and Mondo hugging in Trinity Municipal Park and mm. is just suddenly, <laughs> like, quite embarrassed and, like, despite his pale complexion, he's flushing up quite a lot and he just kind of, like, standing, arms plastered to a side stock still is like, uh, no, I've been, uh, all right. Um, and when he doesn't go in for the hug, I think she just takes one set of uh, outstretched hands uh, and just claps him on the back jovially, maybe a little too hard, uh, and then just turns back to the rest of the group. Sounds like you're overdue to be attacked. Sorry, I'm just, I'm being rather paranoid, but I'm <laughs> feeling rather paranoid. Well, speaking of the paranoia, what, why are we all here? Why do we have to give a speech? The organizational structure is not doing its job. We should have been informed of what tasks we were supposed to do. True, Trev. I, I received an invitation, but no direct request to give speech. <laughs> yeah, we were brought, I was brought here under the assumption that I was just representing the sort of intertower spirit cultivated by Gold Star Disaster. Yeah, y'all get the feeling that we've all been invited to this thing and, you know, there's people from every tower and they're all here on invitation. And doesn't that just kind of beg the question on whose invitation? Who's, who's behind this whole thing? I think that's a fair question, Maybelline, and perhaps should be our first priority in figuring out. Well, I may have a lead on what where we can go. There is a VR room that I can go and investigate. It was put upon me by Jericho Zebulak to go and look into it, that it could help us with interdimensional research. Oh, that's right. We were also told that, that Wilkie was going to be here and... and- some of, some of the higher-ups at Lansdowne were hoping that we, as Gold Starters, Asker could talk to him. Yeah, I mean, he's a high roller, uh, a, a person of interest, a, a beloved figure in this plane. Perhaps he might know who the invites are from. Did anyone actually get a look at him when we went to his factory? Like, I know Bryn did, but... Brinley described him in a way that does not make sense in my mind, so <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe look for the guy who is shaped in ways that are impossible and strange. I think that had to be her messing with us. I'm I'm sure he's just like a guy. Yeah, she probably didn't want to let on that he was really a big dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you're you're here in the gala hall. The opening ceremonies are proceeding uh, behind you. Each of you have been given some tasks, uh, and uh, each you all seem to have uh, questions about your place here at the fellowship function. So, my question for you is where do you go first? I guess if we have two tasks on the ship, break into pairs? Makes sense to me. Uh, I would like to help Trev find the VR unit, because if Jericho Zebulax has given you the missive, then 
I, I very much want to be uh, uh, part of that. He, he's a pretty pretty big deal. Uh, Web Web operates in a in a hierarchy, and getting this kind of FaceTime, this kind of the opportunity to be witnessed by Jericho Zebulak could could really mean a lot for for my position in in Web and the, and, the, and the Pinnacle Project. Sorry, who is this guy, and and why does he have such a weird and kind of dumb sounding name? <laughs> Jericho Zebulax is a the chief operating officer of Web Tower, and about as high up the hierarchy as you can go, short of the CEO who, well, we don't, we don't even talk about the CEO. Who names a kid Jericho Zebulite? That's, oh my God. <laughs> well, Maeve, you're from Lansden. If you wouldn't mind helping me out with any info you have on Branston and Helvetica, I'd really love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure I can help with whatever you just said. <laughs> This? I think Maeve would know those people, but yep. not from what you <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> well, this sounds like a wonderful pairing. I will go with Helix. The two of you will go together, and you can accomplish your task. And perhaps you should talk about your feelings, because I am noticing that, once again, there is a connection that I have not sensed since I have last been with all of you. Anyways. but. <laughs> Come on, Walt. Let's go. Uh, Hello there, Gold Star listeners. It's Milena, your Slugmaster Game Blaster. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Quantum Kickflip. If you're enjoying Quantum Kickflip, why not leave a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice? Tell some friends. It would mean so much to us. Thank you so much to everyone who backed the Slug Blaster Game of the Year edition campaign. If you missed the campaign, you can head to slugblaster.com right now and place a pre-order for a hardcover rulebook, a deluxe pizza box with all sorts of goodies, and more. You can support us by following us at Quantum Kickflip on social media, where we post new episode updates, audiograms, and more. You can also support us by subscribing to Quantum Kickflip on Patreon. For just $2 a month, you can join our Shredder tier and get access to all new episodes of Quantum Kickflip two days early, and for just $5 a month, you can join our Ultranaut tier, which gets you early access plus exclusive bi-weekly bonus content such as interviews with the players, outtakes, behind-the-scenes featurettes, personal stories from the players, and more. To unlock all of these amazing perks, head to patreon.com slash quantum kickflip and subscribe today. I'd like to thank our sponsors at the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, whose goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. You can learn more at amaas.ca. We release Quantum Kickflip bi-weekly, so you can catch the next chapter of the Multiversal Odyssey run on Wednesday, November 22nd. Let's get you back to the action. all passengers have boarded, and the opening ceremonies have commenced. The multiversal odyssey rises up from its place between the three towers and begins to circle around the outside. <laughs>
It has to stay pretty close to the towers in order for it to stay hovering. Uh, the towers act as sort of an anchor for this huge, huge hovercraft. But anyone inside the Odyssey doesn't really notice. Anyone who tries to look out the windows doesn't really get a view of Operablum. After all, people who board this ship don't tend to want to take in the sights of toxic smog, a red scar of a horizon, and three towers that they see every shift. So if you look through one of the windows, you might get a, a projection of perhaps trees or a long stretching horizon of an ocean or maybe a cityscape, but not the usual triangle towers. We zoom in to the multiversal odyssey and join up with Helix and Trev 4. Uh, I think you two right now are making your way towards the observation tower where the VR room is located. Uh, you were basically given the instruction to go up. Uh, and I think to get to the observation tower, you're sort of making your way through like a recreation area, but it's not super open concept here. It's a little bit like walking through office hallways, but instead of walls, there's like screens on either side. So you can kind of get a sneak peek of what's going on in each of the rooms. And in one, you see there's a group of people and they're like scratching their heads and walking around what looks like a very exaggerated Waking Pits dungeon. And one of them picks up a scrap of fabric and is like, it's a clue, it's a clue. <laughs> um, on another one, you see people in like glowing vests with glowing looking ray guns making their way through a foggy maze. Uh, in one, you hear the, the classic, <laughs> that's bowling. That's obviously bowling sound effects. I don't know why I need to explain myself. <laughs> uh, uh, we would call it cosmic bowling, but Operablins would just call it regular bowling. <laughs> uh, and, and you're making your way through, and I'm just going to give you a, a quick beat to catch up with each other. I read in a Null magazine, they have this like thing called desaturated bowling, where it's just plain <laughs> like grays and oranges and browns. Fascinating. I really do hope that we get to go to Nullmore. Agreed. It is, of course, the place where Three's Companies was filmed. <laughs> and I've always wondered why it was such a strange thing for a man to live with two other female roommates and why it would be such a problem. Yeah, I, I just chalk it up to interdimensional weirdness, you know. Uh, now I know how Maybelline feels every time I bring up the fourth color. <laughs> 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 Helix, you start feeling this like slow creeping shame from the long time before Gold Star Disaster that you insisted <laughs> that you, Maven Brunley, be called Team Tetrachromacy. And you're like, why were they protesting the whole time? And now you're like, oh, I oh, get it. <laughs> uh, you're, you're making your way through and you're, you're about to sort of leave this area. And Trev 4, I think you get uh, distracted for a moment by another screen. And you look over to this screen and you see a track where uh, kids are, like, racing on hover carts. Uh, I'm picturing a track that looks like a Mobius strip. <laughs> like, from the outside, you cannot, how does it connect together? Um, but, you know, they're just, like, racing on these hover carts and, like, clearly having a great time. And you're watching this and you can't help but think about the one memory that you have that's a clear memory from before you got your ice chip and before you started your exploits with Gold Star Disaster. And you think back to the skate park in Kindred where you were teaching Faye, Stanch's kid, how to hoverboard. Uh, and you have this memory of like attaching these 
hover stabilizers, two-phase hoverboard that you would have probably gotten secondhand from the bot shop. Yeah. Meanwhile, there are these kids all around Faye that are skateboarding, and they've got, you know, clearly updated decks, yeah. uh, shiny helmets uh, that you can, like, maybe program different images to. Who puts a sticker on a helmet? That's, that's like, <laughs> semi-permanent, and that is not what Kindred is about. <laughs> So you you uh, uh, are watching these these kids racing, and it like just feels very familiar to when you were teaching Faye how to hoverboard. So like these memories have been coming more frequently, yeah. Yeah, you were sort of feeling this when you were talking with Jericho, and it it feels like there is something similar to how when Stanch unlocked this memory of Faye for you. There's, it feels like there's more under the surface, but you don't know the name for the memory, so you can't access it. Mm. Helix, have you ever felt something from the past that you cannot remember? Like there, there's something important that you've missed. Whew, uh, su- surprisingly, yes, recently I, I have had a lot of uh, changes in my participation in the Pinnacle Project. I'm, I'm a variable now. I... I Thought I was a control. Turns out I was a variable, but not the right kind of variable. A variation of a variable, and I, I just sort of feel this. I just feel like there's another piece of me out there somewhere that like I need to connect with. Um, is that what you're saying? Or are you talking more like a like a memory? It is confusing. I'm used to having my drives partitioned, but it seems like the partitions are starting to not work as they should, and I am remembering things from past wipes. And I'm not sure why it is happening, why my programming is such, but it is troubling to me. Well, I mean, your your um, machine learning system, you, perhaps the the branches that spawn from each partition, you know, eventually grow in ways that are predictable and repeatable. And there's there's maybe crossovers now, or or I mean, I'm no data scientist, but even artificial nature, n- nature repeats itself, fractal patterns, repeatable constants that uh, uh, appear with some regularity. So so perhaps your your partitions are getting their wires crossed. I, I don't know how else to put it. I'm 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 a biologist, not a data scientist. Hmm. And barely a biologist, mostly a slug blaster. I've also taken head trauma in my some twenty years here, so you know don't don't you know perhaps your own partitions in your own drives have been broken down. Whew. Uh, yeah, and then just Elix thinks about how he's pretty sure there's a twin of him in a tube somewhere, and he's like, yeah, you just think about the trees that grow from separation, like cell split. Uh, uh, that laser tag looked fun, huh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and Trev is picking up on like, oh, there seems to be something like happening, that shifting in the attitude. Oh, he, he doesn't want to talk about it. It is fine. We do not have to speak about something that deeply troubles you. I have not noticed. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Trev. Sorry, I don't have more insights on your programming. But like I said, I I, I know biology and and real natural things. Uh, not so much about uh, artificial intelligence. Hmm. Perhaps my drives were always designed to break down, and for me to always remember. Hmm. The whirring of the hover carts uh, continues to cycle in the background, uh, and the two of you continue to make your way forward. 
and you find yourselves in a lobby. Uh, it's sort of a big circular uh, sort of chamber. It's very elegant in here. Uh, I'm talking schmancy wallpaper and sconces and. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, yep. uh, One more. The, uh, uh, I already talked about the lighting. Uh, drapes. Oh, there it is. The big <laughs> oh, three. There are drapes. Windows. Uh, 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 but there are drapes. <laughs> um, this area is like a lounge slash bar situation, but it is also like a lobby to other spaces. Uh, there's sort of a casino on one far end. There is a theater on the other end. There is a very fancy restaurant that is close to you. Uh, and you can hear, like, the orb quartet that is playing in the <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> and in the center of this room is a big cylindrical sort of pillar with a spiral staircase winding around it. At the foot of the stairs and at the entrance to the casino, are uh, each a pair of very friendly-looking robots uh, with holographic projection uh, faces, like heads. Uh, not like you, Trevor, where you have like the head and then the, the glass, uh, but like actual projections. And then you notice, in the center of the room, a sign. And the sign is in, like, lovely cursive. Uh, and it reads, Please note, you must be 18.5 years of age or older to access the casino. Formal dress is required for the golden spoon. Robots are not permitted in the observation tower. Walt and Maybelline, mm -hmm. you are making your way to one of the water parks where you have been told Mr. Wilkie is uh, hosting a photo op. Uh, it's the one with the wave pool, not the one with the surf emulator. That's how you know. And don't even think about going to the one that's actually an infinity pool. You want the one with the wave pool. <laughs> your instructions have been very clear. And so you are making your way to this water park. I think the area that you're going through is a much more um, open concept recreation area. Like you can directly see all of the things around you. Uh, there's a big rock climbing wall that just like fully extends like 40 feet above your head. There's mini golf and you see someone like clack the ball and then it like zoops through a tiny little portal and then like zoops out and is like close to the hole and they're like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's uh, a full-on wipeout-style obstacle course of, like, platforms and rope bridges and things that move to knock you off the platforms. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you're making your way through sort of on, like, a catwalk that bridges all of this and sort of cuts through everything, uh, making your way to the water park. And I want to give you guys a beat to catch up. Right, so the concierge was saying that it was supposed to be in Swim Hub Gamma, where... Wilkie was doing that meet and greet. I, I saw Swim Hub Delta, but what comes after? Hang on. <laughs> I don't actually know what this alphabet's based off of. Yeah, now that I think about it. <laughs> Man, it must have brought it in from Null or something. Yeah, this is this reeks of kindred design sensibilities. They're, they're pulling from all over the place. Hey, sounds catchy, though. Yeah, fair. So how have you been? Man, I haven't seen you in... 
uh, I don't want to think about it. It's been too long. But how was how was things with the Wicks? Uh, Walt sort of hesitates for a moment upon hearing Maeve mention, I haven't seen you for so long, because he thinks back to the last time he saw Maeve, in which she was uh, standing Ooh. in Trinity Municipal Park in the embrace of uh, another Thennis Martian uh, at a time when they were supposed to be meeting to try and reconnect. And Walt's just like, not sure how to feel about things. Uh, but he, he shakes himself out of it and goes, oh, um, well, it was nice to spend some time with my cousins, but I I don't know. I, I just don't see them being the the right crew fit for me. Oh, seriously? That's that's too bad. I thought you uh, thought things were, were plasta there, but um, sorry to hear that, man. It's all right. I mean, uh, we had a fun time. They hosted like a party thing at actually over in Lansden at uh, uh, Septenary Spire. Oh, you guys did the drop? Yeah. Oh, how long? How long did you do? Don't lie. Uh, me? Um, well. I'm going to, wait, let me guess. Uh, I'm going to give you first time three and a half. Um, I kind of went the whole time. The whole, the whole time, like nine? Well, it was like the whole free fall nine seconds, but then oh, I had Carcinican create like an inertial momentum vortex at the bottom and then we blasted back up with with a bubble rocket. So Scrod, nobody does nine on the first. You're lying to me. No, I'm. People got footage and stuff. It was like a big party. Maeve is, is just sort of like, well, all right, and kind of gives you a double, double-fisted double arm punch, uh, maybe a little <laughs> harder than uh, is polite. Uh, I was like, that's that's Gridge, man. I, I never heard of anybody going nine on their first run at the drop. That's, congrats. You sure they're not the right crew for you? That's That sounds pretty Gridge. Well, I don't know that they really helped me with the drop aspect. It was mostly with Carcinican. Yes, I was essential. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. And she kind of like, she like tussles his hair, but he's a, cra- <laughs> a little crab guy. I was also thinking he is in the Dive Vice right now. On uh, the okay. hips. <laughs> Just like uh, finger guns. <laughs> yeah, she finger guns the Dive Vice. Double finger guns. Of yes. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah. I actually want to check in with you, Maeve, because yeah, this has been a, a while since you and Walt had a chance to get some FaceTime in, and you were supposed to meet at Trinity Municipal Park. You went there specifically to meet Walt, but then you were waylaid by Mondo being there, and then by the time Mondo left, it was clear that Walt wasn't coming. I just want to get a vibe check. How is Maeve feeling in this moment? I think the main thing that any uh, observer would take away about how Maeve is feeling about about that aspect in this moment is that she is not letting any of that emotion show in any way whatsoever. She is keeping Mm. a tight, heavy lid on her feelings about that. This entire time, it's been a lot of uh, playful arm punches and shoves and a lot of uh, light teasing. Um, I think the 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 way she's treating Walt is not not the way she usually acts around him, which is mm. you know flustered <laughs> more right. or less, uh, and more the way she would act around Brinley, putting up a bit of a a, a wall of uh, good natured aggression and humor. <laughs> that makes sense because in that same scene too, I, I remember that was the beat where you quit yeah. your grit arc, and your grit arc was. Winning Walt's yeah. heart, so I will say that really she, if, if Trev was here and had all his uh, fancy readings, uh, she definitely has feelings about how that all went down. But she is yeah. not sharing them at no, this he, moment. He, he's yeah. with he's the bu- GM or anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he's I busy see. calling out my, uh, you know, pushing my feelings down and not talking <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah. Discomfort. He's <laughs> Trev's like, you Don't have worry. feelings and you have feelings and you have feelings and the vibe is off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, amidst all this reconnecting, Walt's very happy. To have the chance to to see Maeve again, because he had actually invited her down to Trinity Municipal Park. But something in, in this time together today, he's like feeling 
maybe the least chill he's ever felt. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kind of like on edge and like almost a little a flutter, and he's not sure why, and he's he's just kind of kind of stumbling over himself through all this. <laughs> is it the nails? It's the nails. Oh my god, the nails! The sure, nails. Yeah, yeah. Maeve is like all done up, and like not that that is changing anything, but it's just like. She's standing out in a way that she normally doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that on top of everything else, Walt is like, uh, 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 adjust my uh, segmented tie. Uh, yeah, one uh, segment's out of place and you have to keep mm, like tapping it back in. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Maeve maybe catches him uh, just like staring into space for a second at, at the nails and she's like, oh yeah, they're good, right? I got them done here. Apparently there's a whole spa thing. Oh. I, I met up with uh, with Gigi actually, and 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 uh, got him done at the at the start of the at the start of the thing. It's not usually something I go in for, but yeah, you know, we're here. I figure, why the fuck's not right? Yeah, get that double mani pedi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, Gigi's here. Oh yeah, she uh, wow. wanted to talk to me about some arborist scrod. I don't know. I, it doesn't matter right now. Who from the towers isn't on this ship? <laughs> but uh, hey, don't don't think I've gone and and gotten all fancy or nothing. I I can still uh, hold my own if you want to see who can get to swim hub gamma first. And she kind of like reaches for her board and and gives him a gives him a look. <laughs> want to make it interesting? Uh, I- I- interesting how? Like a race. <laughs> Oh, um, I don't know. You, you said I- interesting. I was that generally implies stakes beyond. Oh, just yeah. Like a race. I was like, are we betting things now, or like, is it like a dare? Is it? Are there? Uh, 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 like bragging rights, man. Come on. Yes, bragging. <laughs> yes, the right to brag. Um, <laughs> you you go first. I mean, no, it's a race. Um, uh, <laughs> beat you. Swim up, Gamma, here I come. Uh, and Walt does take his dive vice and uh, flip it into board form, and he hops on and starts yeah. hovering over. All right, I think it's a classic higher roll wins in this scenario. Yeah. Yeah, let's do one, one die versus one die. Let's do it. <laughs> you don't want to spend resources on this very low stakes race? <laughs> I do, but I kind of think it's more fun if it's just 1v1. <laughs> here we go. I mean, Walt's the chill. <laughs> <laughs> Walt's not very chill today. <laughs> no, Walt rolled a one. <laughs> Maeve rolled a respectable four. All right. I, I mean, the, the chill rolls with two. Should you be rolling oh. with two? Do it. <laughs> uh, another one. <laughs> so, Mestizi. <laughs> you kidding me? That's so funny. <laughs> he, he fails in a really cute way. Yeah. Uh, uh, um. <laughs> I do want you to describe how you fail in a way that is like, uh, you know, remember episode one in Prismatia where Maeve saw you for the first time and there were the bubbles floating by and you were like posed really cool because you just pulled off a move with Scampy Kid and Maeve was like, damn, I want that moment here in the multiversal odyssey. (laughs) Uh, Wolt like steps on his board and it just goes out from under him. Trying to think what's around that he could like fall into that like... Uh, There's like a cart of like someone who's like selling flowers that have been, like little arrangements that have been done up for the occasion on on the Odyssey cruise, uh, and he just falls. And then there's just like a sprinkling of petals and everything in the air, and it's like in slow motion he's falling, and there's nothing but roses all around. Uh, and then he lands flat on his ass. <laughs> Somehow a rose falls into your mouth, and you have the stem in between your teeth. 
<laughs> Maeve looks back and like sees this, you know, it's playing out in slow motion, soft focus, the pedals raining down, and you let's like, you know, close up of her face, close up of Walt in this moment. And then the camera just like snaps back to real time and she's like, sucker, and takes off on her board. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, just, just weaving through the hallway, ducking and dodging around, uh, passersby and, and handily wins this race to swim hub gamma. Perfect. Uh, uh, I'll give you a style. I'll give yeah. you a style for winning. There were stakes after all. Did you get a style for Steezy? Oh, right. You okay. Got <laughs> you both Stop get a style. Everybody wins. <laughs> Millennial podcast and are participating. <laughs> uh, so the two of you uh, managed to make your way one quite a bit faster than the other uh, to Swim Hub Gamma. Uh, Waltz, you probably still have some like uh, uh, rose petals just like attached to you throughout all of this. Like throughout uh, the rest of this, you're just going to occasionally be like, "What? The? There's another one? How did Jeez. this happen?" But you enter into Swim Hub Gamma and you find an enormous space um, uh, about like maybe a quarter of it is the wave pool and that does not mean that the wave pool is small <laughs> uh, these waves uh, uh, roll up and lap up onto what looks like a just straight up beach complete with sand and you know the, the classic kindred holographic trees but these look like trees and they're like palm trees. There's loungers with little tables. There's a bar off to one side that's probably got like full like tiki vibes and like straw <laughs> roof and like coconut drinks and stuff like that. Um, on the other, there's a robot whose body is a ukulele and he just plays his body. <laughs> yes, yes, that is. You're right. Stop reading my notes. <laughs> and then on the other side is just the most tangled, incomprehensible jumble of water slides. Uh, all of different colors, sizes, uh, levels of steepness. Uh, some of them go down at like a really unsettling steep grade. Uh, some of them have like sort of waves in their design. Some of them just look like they loop around and around and around and around and will eventually spit you out at the bottom. One's just shaped kind of like a funnel. <laughs> you just spin around it, and then you just, like, spit out the bottom of it. <laughs> uh, one looks like it just cuts off, like, fully 15 feet above a deep pool of water where you would just, like, fall into it. <laughs> such a bad idea! <laughs> I mean, there's more slide, and then it's just like, bloop! <laughs> called the kid obliterator. <laughs> yes, it is! <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> Uh, and um, sort of uh, uh, away from uh, all of this, sort of on the other side of the wave pool opposite the bar, there's sort of this like backdrop that has been set up. And you see this line of people all preparing to take a photo op with Mr. Wilkie. And this is your first time seeing Mr. Wilkie. <laughs> he does not match the descriptions that you have heard from Brinley. Like he kinda does. He is wearing a bright fuchsia suit with a green, like a chartreuse bow tie, but he is an operablen man. 
Uh, he's got short bleached yellow hair that's been like spiked up. And as uh, people come up, um, you can't really hear, you're still, you've sort of just entered this space, but you can sort of see him being really animated and like posing with finger guns or like putting his arms around people and like chatting really energetically. Uh, he sticks his tongue out a lot when he posts, like the open mouth tongue out, like ah, kind of looks, <laughs> uh, which might be dog-like, but also still... It doesn't quite feel like <laughs> how Brinley has described Wilkie to you. That's, That's not, not a, a weird dog guy. Right, Helix and Trev, you are in the bar slash lobby leading to this observation tower. At the base of the stairs are two robot security guards, you can only assume. Mm -hmm. And you have just read the uh, cautionary sign that has told you robots are not permitted in the observation tower. What do you do? Yeah, it's not entirely obvious why that is. And so I think Helix is just going to go and ask these robots that are... Hmm. Guarding the staircase, uh, we just had this great moment where Helix was reflecting on uh, the the nature of uh, the natural order of things and machine learning and the, the similarities, the differences, the, the, you know, Trev's inherent humanity. But these are also just two robots, and so he's going to go and treat them like he does all robots, and put it. He's going to put his hand right on their face because he's expecting it to read his biometrics, like in web. Uh, <laughs> once, once again, they don't have a head or face. Like they've got this like big cylindric shiny white body okay. and it looks like kind of humanoid with like legs and arms and stuff but not a head it is a projection that's like holographic of just like a friendly right, humanoid right, right. So he, like, then I pushes his it... open palm through their holographic <laughs> oh face. I was gonna go I'm gonna put it like where the chest would be oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like uh, just right on its chest like... you put it right over the A of the uh, acronym emblazoned across the front which is PAL okay <laughs> Activate. <laughs> oh, it's, it's voice automated. Uh, why, why aren't robots allowed on the observation tower? Hello. Why aren't <laughs> robots allowed on the observation tower? Input. Query. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but robots are not permitted in the observation tower. Query. Why? May I, may I guide you to the casino? Or perhaps the theater? Robots will sometimes take in theater. All caps, stop, reply. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> unsubscribe from Cat Facts. I don't <laughs> take me off your list. <laughs> I, I, just, I, wanna, I wanna understand why robots aren't allowed up there. I just just curious what the what the reasoning is. Pal, hey. My friend my friend wants to come up and see the observation deck. Is there a reason that th he's not allowed? The observation tower is not compatible with robot hardware. Thank you. You are welcome. Is there anything else I can help you with today? Well, just walk, turns around and walks away. <laughs> uh, well, Trev, it, it doesn't look like you're, you're allowed up there. It's not compatible with your hardware. I, I guess because it's like a, a VR thing. Your sensors aren't really tuned to to perceive the virtual reality presented to you know naturalize. Maybe it's like 
that is a possibility. However, these robots could be programmed to tell a lie. Oh, maybe one of them tells the truth and one of them tells a lie. <laughs> no, that that seems counterproductive. It's probably that's an escape room thing. I don't think we're in an escape room. Uh, well, I mean, do you want to just come up with me and maybe keep a lookout, or or just just I mean, hmm. I don't want to go up there alone. That's no fun. <laughs> well, it will be important for me to collect the data that is there. So I have an idea. Yeah, it, it's fine. I want to hear your idea because, like, what? It, what's the big deal? There's safety. Safety stuff all over this ship. It's just to avoid lawsuits. It can't be a big deal. It is true that they know me to be a robot now. However, I am also very adept at pretending to be a human. So <laughs> this is what I propose. I will just go around the corner and their ram will clear and I'll come back around and I'll be very human-like. <laughs> this I gotta see. <laughs> And so <laughs> Trev just goes around the corner, waits like a second and comes back around. And instead of his like normal, like C-3PO kind of like walk yeah. or whatever, yeah. it is just slightly exaggerated where there's like a bounce in his step. Just like each <laughs> each one, this like weird jaunty kind of walk. You're moving each it's point of articulation a little, a little too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of an awkward little walk as he bounces towards them. And the face instead of the eight bit like pixelated face, it's like beautiful, crisp, <laughs> like thirty two bit. <laughs> yeah, I've rerouted like some of my power. In yeah. the can he just go all the way to four K? And I'm just like, I didn't know we could do that. <laughs> Why aren't we watching movies on Trev? <laughs> so I put on like a new face, and the face is like uh, essentially. Uh, you know, like uh, Wolfenstein, where you see the guy's face at the bottom? Yeah. It's that. It's, it's updated to be kind of this 16-bit kind of uh, look. And uh, I, I go, hello, I am not a robot. I would like to proceed upwards to the observation tower, please. Now, David. Yes. As a GM, I love it when people bring me creative offers. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and I, I love seeing how people are going to take an action to try to succeed. Mm -hmm. I feel like I need to just make sure that you and I as players are on the same yes. page. This is not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Lena, hold on. Trev's not done yet. Oh, okay. This is, my <laughs> this is my proof that I am a human. I like coffee. I like... <laughs> To watch movies. And I like to vux hard and vux often. <laughs> Anytime I'm not at my job, I am vuxing and eating. The, the two things simultaneously. <laughs> it is efficient. I mean, it is just pleasurable. <laughs> so uh, I think Lena. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely like I don't know if I even need to make a roll. If I had the middle finger ability, oh boy, howdy! Um, are you uh, rolling for it then? Middle finger would you can add up to two kick to middle finger. I feel like I need at least three. <laughs> like, I need almost all of your kick to justify this work. Well, can I can I help then? I think he sees the thing and he's like, damn, I think maybe he's gonna gonna pull it off. I'd like. <laughs> I'll add you a kick for my attitude by just walking walking up to you and being like, sweetie, have we got into the observation deck yet? 
I really want to see the observation tower. And like put, puts his arm like under your arm, like we're hand in hand. And, and Trev is like, uh, oh, deception detected. Yes. I also would like to go up to the tower with you as a part of a date. <laughs> so you've got an extra kick for me Thank for you. my attitude. Oh All my right, God. sweetie, I want to go to the observation tower and then go home and vux hard and right. often. <laughs> so I'm going to add a kick. Uh, so I got one from. Uh, uh, <laughs> I have one from Helix. I'm going to put in one for my attitude. I'm adding a kick from my visor because of this believable uh, human face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's the kind of thing where, Jesus like, Christ. it's obvious to us that it's a pixelated face, it's, but it's, it's like, a, you know what robots, robots scan right. for, and it's like, oh, yeah, no, all of the dimensions are correct. This has enough fidelity. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm going to add a, a D6 for my attitude as well. So I have two D6. All right. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> You taunted you taunted me on this, and now I'm like, I'll, I'll beat you. I'll, I'll gamble. I got a six. No, you <laughs> did not. Yeah, it is. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Um. Yeah. Um. Oh, I got that D six back too because I did so good. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking nailed it. Uh, I guess I got a bunch of kick from you, so that's all I can do. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, uh, listeners of season one might recognize uh, PAL robots. They are uh, a creation of Miper, um, which uh, Miper, of course, being based in Null. Um, our season one took place around the year 2000. So for these PAL robots, these graphics, holy moly. Uh, <laughs> it is very realistic. Uh, and also, what robot would be this crass? <laughs> One that's watched Three's Company. <laughs> yes. Um, mm. uh, so, <laughs> the, their holographic faces, like, glitch uh, several times, flickering from, like, their, their sort of plastered-on friendly face. Uh, uh, to like look a, of concern uh, at one point you think you see a 404 and then it, it snaps back to a regular face uh, and, and the one says um, ah yes understood I can see that you are a human you may proceed into the observation tower please do not procreate while in the observation tower <laughs> <laughs> that is fine it will give me a chance to recharge <laughs> <laughs> and I start walking up. <laughs> I'm right the camera lingers on the two robots, and one of them's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, yeah, he Helix has just the biggest grin on his face. He can't believe that this worked. And we kind of scamper up the stairs like like people who just got away with something, right? Like that just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mischief. <Just helping. laughs> like, yeah. Uh, uh, mischief giggles as we, we run up the stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you make your way to the top of the stairs and uh, you see these double sliding doors. And in the center of these doors, kind of split by them, is a screen. Um, and as you get to the top, uh, the screen flashes uh, and it says, Welcome. And then, Trev 4, you see a box. Mm. And next to the box is the phrase, I am not a robot. Oh, 
Uh, Keelix like puts his hand out, uh, you know, to stop Trev, like like against his chest, like a like a mom trying to pin kids to a uh, the front seat. Like the hand yeah. it's a podcast. I'm just trying yeah. to describe my hand going straight out. Like, <laughs> stay back, sweetie. Stay, it's stay not back. safe. Yeah, Trev, Trev we we might have got past those stupid power robots, but this. This is ironclad. This... <laughs> I cannot. I cannot figure this out. I, I, I think you better let me take this one. I. I this. <laughs> there's no duping these things. These things are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much aware. Just, just. And I check the box. I am not a robot. You check the box, and it disappears. And then a keyboard sort of lights up along the bottom. And across the middle, you see a series of letters and numbers, about six digits long. Mm -hmm. Some of the letters are uppercase, some are lowercase. Are they all, like, twisty? The, yeah, they're kind Bendy. of a little bit twisty. It's, it's, it's a lot. Oh, um, oh, these things. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, so V, type puts V on the keyboard, five, alpha, who designed this alphabet? Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, Q. <laughs> is that a seven or or a, an I? There's a line going through it. Sometimes lines go through sevens. They don't go through eyes. But it's not the. Oh, oh, jeez. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I don't want to get this wrong. I mean, sometimes you get it wrong. I, I, I can't believe I'm going to ask this, but Trev, is this an I or a seven? <laughs> Trev is just tre like boggled at, at it. But then he uh, engages with his <laughs> he engages his realmware lens uh, and you know sees uh, energy fields, invisible entities, and in-depth biometrics. So he's just he's really adding like the layer that like, he can understand like language that's a little messed, right? and yeah. like he's able to discern that it is indeed a seven. With all the intensity of like snipping the red wire, the blue wire, <laughs> it's like all right. Uh, I can't believe I've left this up to it machine but seven enter the text disappears the screen goes dark and the double doors slide open with a slight pneumatic hiss you have successfully made your way into the observation tower, beating my ironclad defenses. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Trev, that that was that was incredible. Hey, maybe maybe you got a little more uh, operable humanity in you than you thought, and it gives you a little pat on the back and, and hustles in. Yes, it seems like the two of us together make a fully human operable. He like sort of thinks about it. Like, yeah, I guess we're both kind of programmed. Hmm. Cool, VR. <laughs> uh, and the two of you make your way into the observation tower to start collecting thin zone information for Jericho Zebulak. Maeve and Walt, 
you have made your way uh, through the line, uh, making your way up to Mr. Wilkie. You're, you're almost there, almost ready to take pictures. You've seen him, like, chat it up and do his thing. At one point, he, like, reaches into his sleeves and pulls out some candy and, like, drops it in the other person's <laughs> hands. And they walk away like, wow, I got some candy from Mr. Wilkie. It's all, that's so cool. Uh, yeah, you're, you're almost there. As we're in line, May's like, no, I swear she said he was like like a purple goop monster that was all Benny. Where are you getting dog from? I don't remember her saying anything about him being a dog. There was a whole thing where Trev was scanning for a dog or something. And <laughs> I don't know, Brindley and I had a whole conversation where we kept calling him a dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Trev's sensors are usually pretty on point. Maybe it. But then who's this guy? I don't know. I, they must have just, just been messing with us, right? Because this just looks like a normal guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was Brindley and Trev Vuxen with us. I'm sure of it. Okay. Normal guy that lives in a candy egg. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he works there. It doesn't, doesn't mean he lives there. Next. Oh, I, I guess that's us. Oh, yeah. Well, here goes nothing. Uh, and Maeve sort of like fixes her uh, weird Mobius strip updo and just kind of <laughs> like tries to... I, I I don't think she knows how to present herself as a classy, fashionable person. So yeah. she goes to adjust her outfit and is like, I don't know what I'm doing. Whatever. Uh, the two of you approach uh, Mr. Wilkie. And as you do, he turns to look at you and he says, oh, hey, welcome, welcome. Come on in. Come on in. Let's get some. <laughs> hey, I think I I think I know you guys. You're uh, from Gold Star Calamity, right? Uh, disaster. But uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, you you sound different than I remember. What you talking about, buddy? Oh, well, we I mean we heard your voice on the intercom when we we've broken to we haven't met you, but we've we've we we've heard you. I don't know what you're talking about. This is what I sound like, Mister Wilkie's me. I thought you sounded more like a. I would like to make you my niblets, and you will work here forever in my candy egg. <laughs> Shit, that's good. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, uh, that, you know, I was, I do talk on the intercom, but it's, uh, you know, you caught me when I was uh, sleepy. See, he does sleep there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what can I do you for? Oh, well, uh, it's uh, great to officially meet you. Um, yeah, yeah, believe- photo, photo. Uh, oh, uh, sure thing, sure. yeah. Uh, uh, they kind of uh, poses uh, awkwardly. Uh, Carcinican, get up on my shoulder. Okay. <laughs> I don't have fingers. <laughs> Listen, Mr. Wilkie, y- you haven't met us before, but I-, I-, I believe you met our teammate or our former uh, uh, Brinley. Brinley Zerk? Right, yeah, 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 Brinley, yeah. Um. First of all, sorry. About the whole the whole thing, like that's got to be real hard and stuff, and uh, you know, uh, tough, tough hang, right? Tough stuff. Uh, you could say that. Um, I but, but, could, uh, and I have. But uh, <laughs> beyond that, we were uh, wondering if we might be able to uh, speak with you. We were approached by some representatives from Lansden. Uh, I believe it was President, Vice President. Uh, Brimples and Headley or something. Maeve <laughs> remembers their names, but is just staring at Walt, smirking like, yeah, Walt, what were their names? <laughs> Bram- Brampton and 
No, for for Brimble. And... <laughs> <laughs> the point is, we're just uh, want to make sure that that unpleasantness that you mentioned with our our crewmate. We just want to make sure that hasn't soured anything between Wilkie's and and Lansden. That this whole agreement has been has been real good for the tower and for the the harmony between all the towers. And and we just want to make sure that that's not in jeopardy now that everything with Brindley happened the way it did. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was a uh, honestly a bit of a drag to hear about the whole thing that happened with Brindley because you know we uh, he I I. <laughs> Really like Brinley. I, I really liked Brinley. Uh, and, and you know, she was sort of really helped with the whole thing. And, uh, you know, with, oh, what happened with Brinley, it kind of makes me wonder a little bit, you know, about, like, Lansden, like, kind of two degree you guys. No offense, but you know. Well, uh, no, but we're, I mean, listen, we had nothing to do with any of that. And, and Lansden and Gold Star Disaster are still very committed to this partnership with Wilkie's it's it's important for for everything going forward to to make sure that all the towers have a have a stake in this so um absolutely we we're, we're prepared to to have any sort of discussion or do anything we can to to prove the authenticity of that and Maeve is like a super fan of Wilkie's and and all of your candy and everything she, Ooh, she yeah. probably eats more than anyone in Operablum Actually, hey, are you guys making any more of those uh, uh, food court fizz blasters? The ones that uh, uh, taste like how th- it smells when you stand in the middle of the food court and you can smell all the different foods. Those were the best. <laughs> Never should have discontinued them. Well, they were pretty novelty, but you like the food court fizz blasters, huh? Oh, yeah, they were. They're one of my fa- I mean, how can you choose a favorite? But it just like every every lick you get a different like one, one like it's tacos and the next one that's sushi. Oh, man. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you make them. <laughs> right, I do. Yes, I do, because I am Mr. Wilkie. <laughs> right. <laughs> but please, sir, it, there's got to be something we can do to, to smooth things over here. Yeah, we'll prove our dedication or our trustworthiness or wh- whatever you need. Maeve will eat any amount of candy. I will. Alright, I think I can think of something to prove your worth. Uh, follow me. And he begins walking to kind of the edge of the wave pool, sort of towards the center of it. Ah, uh, we follow. Uh, he turns so that his back is to the wave pool. And he says, So the core values of Wilkie's Candy Corporation are fun, friendship, and candy. Makes sense. Candy is third one, especially. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe Nod's just like, right, of course. Like, she's, you know, she's read Wilkie's mission statement. She's on all the forums. She knows this. Maybelline gets it. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, Wilkie's looks to you, Walt, knowingly, like he absolutely uh, said Maeve's name correctly, even though he's super (laughs) nice. So I'm going to need you to prove to me that you value what we value. Will you accept my challenge? Yeah, uh, sure thing. Absolutely. You said that you were here representing Lansden Tower and want to maintain a partnership between us and Lansden. So here's what I need you to do. And he points way up towards sort of the topmost corner of this water park. And you can sort of see where he's pointing. It's very 
very small because it's very high up and very far off, but you kind of see a row of windows that maybe looks like they look out into more of the multiversal odyssey, and you see a little door right at the corner that he's pointing to. And he says, Up there, through that door, next door to it, is a Wilkie storefront. I want you to go there, select the most valuable candy in the store, and bring it to me. Like, most valuable as in most expensive? I I didn't bring a lot of money. I got some uh, yeah, Don't worry change, about maybe. currency. This GM never does. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like our favorite or the objectively the best? Uh, or the- that wasn't an answer at all. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we just have to head up there. I guess we can start walking. You have three minutes. Uh, <laughs> three, three to... And go! Gunshot! <laughs> uh, and with his yell of gunshot, your challenge has begun. Good luck, Maven Wolves. <laughs> 